0: Um, my experience was on the evening of, of may 2001 at that time i was living in north carolina in the usa i don't like going into how i died i like talking about what happened when i died because i ended up in my own opinion i think i went to heaven for five years it all started i went to the toilet at about two o'clock in the morning And that's where I passed out and died so I like visualizations so I've got a map of my house plan so I was in the toilet and I found myself floating in the living room near the front door I watched as my partner at the time went to the front door he let in the ambulance and a couple of other people who I didn't know who they were came into the house and I watched them run through into where my body was back in the toilet area. So they virtually ran across here because I was floating here and they went down into where I was in the toilet. Over the next 45 minutes, I found myself floating for 45 minutes, which is documented. In my medical reports, they say that I was clinically dead for 14 minutes, which was from the time that the first ambulance officers or paramedics went through into where I was. So they found me lifeless and blue. And it was when the second paramedics turned up, which is in my report as the A, advanced life support crew, they turned up. And it was when they actually got a heartbeat again. That was 14 minutes. But we don't know how long I was clinically dead. Because it was two o'clock in the morning and when I was found, I was already deceased. So it could have been a lot longer than that. So I found myself in the living room watching all these people going through, talking about things which I was, I could hear it, I could remember it, but it was totally peaceful. I was looking down because I was up near the ceiling and I had no feet and it didn't surprise me. I didn't get scared at all. I wasn't scared about what was happening in the house. I didn't have any thoughts of who's paying the bills because who's going to look after the dogs, who's going to do this. It was very natural progression, if I can call it that. So I watched them 45 minutes later wheeled me out of the house because I watched them wheel me out of the house. And I looked at myself and there was no connection to that body at all. It could have been any other person that they were wheeling out of the house. So they all left the house and they shut and locked the front door and that's when it got weird because the door opened even though there was no one in the house and in through the front door came all these dark blue orbs. They were hovering and moving forward at the same time and they came to where I was so they knew I was there It was almost like they were hovering around me just watching me. They were obviously interacting with each other because they didn't bump into each other and I just knew that they were communicating together. And this is a drawing that I've also got from what these guys look like. They had electricity coming out of them like energy and in the middle of this brilliant blue was pure white, pure white. I wasn't scared of these beings. They did not appear as hostile at all. And then it was just like, boom, they all went back out through the front door and the front door closed. Yet there was no humans there to lock the front door. Then I got a tap on my shoulder, who I assume is this woman who is always now with me. She said, you've now got to go. And I thought, well, where are we going? And I call this the fog stage. It was only a few seconds and everything went dark, like I closed my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, even though in, I could not feel myself moving at all, I found myself in a field of flowers. It was a gentle sloping field with millions of flowers. Over in the far distance, I could see mountains that were 10 times as size of Everest. I could see thousands of people happy, absolutely thriving in their own energy fields. So as I looked down to the flowers below my feet, because I now had feet, the flowers knew that I was there and I knew that they knew because we were communicating through a oneness and they were moving gently to the side so I would not squash them. Even though I had no weight of a body, they were giving me that respect because they understood that I still felt like I had a body at this point. So it was understood as a comprehension that in this area, everything was one and that everything understood everything about everything else. So here's a picture of the flowers. They had energy emitting from the edges of their petals. So there was energy coming out of the edge. I can't explain the colours because the colours were so different to what we have here on Earth. You know, we only see 5% of the colour spectrum. So it was clear to me that what we thought we would become, what we think we create. If I wanted to have long, straight black hair, instantly, because that was my intention of what I wanted, I could create it. If I thought I wanted to be on the mountains, I was instantly there. Or if I wanted to climb the mountains, I would be at the bottom of the mountains, climbing up if I so wished that. The whole period of time that I was in this place, the music played. The music was like a repetitive chant over and over. And it was calming. It was soothing. But it didn't come from anywhere. It was emitting from everything. It even came out of me at this point. And I knew that if I didn't like the music, I could turn a channel and create something else like a playlist of music. How amazing was that? So we do and we create what we want in this space. I followed this lady down through cobbled pathways, through the valleys, along past lakes and rivers, We walked up through the mountains and then down into this beautiful city. How distanced was that? I estimate thousands of kilometres. I walked probably three to five kilometres per hour. So that there was months in our time of walking just behind her. At one point when I was really concentrating on her, I became her. I turned around and there's Linda standing behind me as this other woman. And I knew every life she had ever lived. I knew every life lesson she had ever learnt. And I also knew the ones that she still had to reincarnate and learn again. So it's this absolute understanding of where each individual soul is connected to. Because everything there was energy. Even the buildings, you know, we're talking bricks and mortar that are 35 feet long and they span thousands and thousands of feet into the sky. And as I walked into buildings, there was no elevators because we don't need elevators. (laughs) But there were stairs. And I explained that the stairs are there for those who want to go from floor to floor or we just think... I want to be on the 12th floor and instantly we're there so there's always options there's always possibilities there because what we think we create so I estimate all up in this heaven place I would have been there for probably a year and a half maybe more I would definitely not go less because I was there for so long intermingling being and observing with other people. Then I get this tap on my shoulder again. I turn around and I can't see her, but I know it's female because I can sense it. And I think it's her again. And now I find myself at the doorway of a magnificent cathedral. where are talking spires that go up thousands of feet. And as I walked in the door and I'm looking down this corridor On the sides there are pews like in a church and the chair themselves 30 foot long and it's one piece of timber that made that whole chair. The floor it's like a sandstone but the bricks 60 foot square from one piece of sandstone. You know here on earth a tree may be a foot wide so the planks are only a couple of inches wide but imagine planks that are 16 foot wide and 300 foot long. That just shows you how big these were. Beautiful. So as I'm walking down this corridor and I'm admiring the stained glass windows that just beam up forever, ever, because they're so massive. I come to the top and I'm presented with who I call the big three. So here is a picture of me in front of the big three the energy, because they were not physical beings, they had energy swirling left and right, as well as right to left at the same time. The energy was coming up from the ground and going like a waterfall into their heads. I stood in front of them, so here's me in my pyjamas because I was still wearing my pyjamas, and they showed me this box and the energy coming out of this box And I don't know which one of them said it, but I heard, we are not here to judge. And instantly I knew that I had to open the box and process and heal all the memories that were inside it. So as I opened the box and I looked inside, there was no walls or floors in this box. It was eternity. And there were thousands and thousands, millions, of little round orbs of energy. And inside each one was a little video with a memory that I had, or should I say an action that I had done in my life. So I knew that I had to pull out one of these orbs or bubbles, whatever you want to call them, of energy. And I had to process the memory that was inside it. So here is a photo to give you some clarity. Of me holding one of these little energy balls in my hand. And inside was like a little TV screen. And the one I like talking about is me when I was a baby. And I was pulling the tail of my grandmother's cat. So first of all, I watched the whole scene outplay like I was a stranger. I was totally separate to this scene. And I watched the little girl and the cat interact. Then I became Linda. Linda as a baby and I saw her thoughts. I saw, I felt her heart beating again and I could feel how she was feeling. I could feel her thoughts like they were my own again and I could feel her intentions, her motives or her thoughts of what she was going to do to the cat. As she pulled the tail of the cat, the cat started meowing and hissing and it got very upset because obviously it hurt. Then I had out into me and I thought, why did I do that as a child? So I'm now going through that memory on the perspective of who Linda was as a child. And I processed and thought, analyzed all the reasons why I was pulling that cat's tail. Then I had to become the cat. And here I am now feeling my four legs. I could feel the balance of my tail I could feel my ears and that they prick. You know how ears prick on an animal when they hear a noise? I can hear little lizards in the ground. My whole vision changed because now I'm a cat seeing out through a cat's eyes. And now I've got this person near me, this human, and I'm I'm petrified because she's holding my tail. And when she pulls the tail, the pain goes up my back and it's excruciating pain. So, of course, I start... Hissing, and, I'm, and I'm getting my claws out. Then I'm back outside again of this bubble. So I'm now looking at the bubble again with this vision inside it. And then that's when the tears started. And I'm bawling these tears all over the ground. And I knew then that these pews were not for witnesses. They weren't there for other people to watch me going through this process. They were for me to sit down on and think, oh my God, what did I do to that cat? Now that I've seen my actions and then I saw it from the perspective of the the cat. When I felt that pain from the cat, it was tenfold, just like in the Bible. So I'm sitting on these long pews with my head in my hands thinking, why did I do that? And the bawling tears are coming out because of the pain that the cat felt. And I thought, I didn't know anything else at that point. I was only a kid. I didn't know the consequences of my actions. I didn't know that ripple effect of our actions causing ripples to others. I didn't realize that that cat was a pivotal part of that memory where I had to heal that cat's pain and say sorry and ask forgiveness to myself for what I did to the cat. I didn't have to ask the cat for forgiveness because the cat's not here where I was in this church. The only person who I had to judge was me. The only person who I had to forgive ultimately was me. And then as I found that forgiveness and I worked it out probably half an hour, 45 minutes later, that memory in my hand simply disappeared. It no longer existed because it's now pure energy again and no longer valid in heaven. And I knew that I had to get up, go back to that box, and find another orb with another memory and heal it as well. So as I went through that box, I processed over 5,000 memories. And if they each of those were 45 minutes to an hour and a half long, depending on how severe they were. How long was I there for? I estimate a year and a half that I was in my life review where processing memory after memory after memory, some of them were good, beautiful memories where I smile at a stranger and that gratitude is tenfold. And I think, oh, my God, now I've got all these tears again welting down my face. I'm so excited because i made that person so happy. But then there were some memories that I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't really want to process that one today. But we have to process all of them until that box is empty. It's beautiful because ultimately when we heal something that we've hurt somebody else or we've hurt ourselves, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous because when we forgive, we ultimately discover love, healing, creates that love so then as I process probably five to six thousand eight thousand I don't know thousands of these memories tap on my shoulder again and I knew it was time to go so this time back into this fog stage where I close my eyes and I open up and I'm in a different location again I'm now in this room of white no walls no ceiling no windows I look down and I can see my feet but there's no floor below my feet because it's just pure white. Far off in the distance, I see somebody, one person. And as she walks towards me, way over in the distance, as she's walking towards me, she gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as she comes closer to me. The first thing she says to me is, what are you doing here? Huh, you're not supposed to be here. And I'm like, oh, my God, this has been, I've just been all that time in heaven where everyone's so nice. Who's this woman, like, really not being so nice to me? I said, I don't know where I am. What's going on? She said, oh, you're not supposed to be here. I said, well, I don't understand. Where am I? She says, well, you've got to go back. And I said, how can I go back if I don't know where I am and I don't know how to get back to where I was? She says, oh, she's so frustrated with me for about the minutes of time that I estimate. As she calms down and she's patting down her dress, she says, Linda, you're not supposed to be here. I said well tell me why what's going on I don't know where I am she says Linda I'm your great great grandmother my name's Karina then she went into this very long extensive conversation where she told me all about who she was where she was born where she lived she told me about children she had her husband she had how they built the house they had months I'd say these conversations went then she started telling me about my life from 2001 onwards She said, you must return to the land from where you're from, for in your month of September, you cannot stay in the place where you are now. And when we look at where I was, I was in North Carolina, America, in May 2001. In September was 9-11. And part of the reason why I had this event was my husband at the time did not want to do my immigration. And after 9-11, they were rounding up all the illegal immigrants. I would have been in that category if I'd stayed there. So she told me I had to return to Australia before September. So I came back to Australia at the end of June. She said, you will start working with the almighty force, those in authority who judge others. She said, you will work there for 10 years. And I did work as an administration officer for the police from 2002 till 2012. She said, I'd need two years off to deal with the emotional stress that I would get from that job. And I'm open. I got PTSD quite significantly from what I saw in my job with the police. So I did need two years off. Then she said, you'll be working as a person who teaches others how to care for others. You will be the first responder at an event when someone is hurt. And to me, that's a first aid trainer. And I didn't apply for the job, it was actually offered to me. And I was a first aid trainer from 2015 till 2017 just as she said for two years, exactly two years. And then she told me about my life forward. She said, you must remember this date for on this date is the day you will conceive your daughter and your daughter will be this. So I always remembered that date in the forward year of 2005 and my daughter is now 16 years old. So she said to me back in 2001, she said, for the next 20 years, you must go through the learning of your lessons And I look at the police in particular, where the police must enforce their rules and they judge by what a person does on that day. Yes, we all agree to that. Whereas I learned not to judge a person by what they do on the day, to judge their heart and their soul in that perspective of what I saw in the live review where good things happen to bad people, but also bad things do happen to good people. So I now educate and I develop people psychically. I woke up with virtually every psychic ability I'm a high intuitive, I'm an empath, I dream premonition dreams. I've dreamt lotto numbers six times since then, but waking around, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night trying to get a pen and paper, 14, 16, 2, 43, 6, what are those numbers again? Oh, there's a 6 in there. I don't remember to write them down when I wake up. But then you check the numbers and there they are. So I do have premonition dreams. It was only about a year ago that I met the lady who apparently has been with me all my life and helping me. And it was about a week later that I started seeing spirit guides. I'm so humbled. I am so blessed that I can now give that hope, understanding, and most of all, trust to people that my five years, I say, I spent in heaven. And it makes me cry just how enormous the love is there and how much we are so connected to everybody else. So I like explaining what I saw in my own personal experience, as well as what other people saw in theirs. So I like looking for those similarities, the commonalities, the evidence that supports this is real. And I share that to others. You know, life is hard. Life is getting harder by the day. And the more that we put hope into our angels, our deities or ascended masters, whatever you wish to call them. So I don't hold names to them, angels, archangels, spirit guides, guardian angels, whoever. But as long as we know that they're there, they are constantly around us. And the more that we tune into our entirety of our soul's being, and we align our energy frequency and currency through our conscious awareness to be in that plane of emotional energy the love of heaven we can create that here on earth we can be angelic and it all starts within us that's my purpose now educating people how to be the best we are how to get through our mental health issues because that lowers down our vibrations and ultimately to be the best version of this life, incorporating our life lessons that we learn along the way. So when we go back to heaven and we're standing in front of the big three processing our own memories, it's a great experience. Thank you so much for watching me because what I do now is not possible without those who watch me, those who want to learn and those who trust that they can and will be their full potential. Thank you so much.